Love God. Lift others. Welcome, Welcome to, to Elevate, Elevate Life Church. Church. Now, sit back, relax, and enjoy another elevated message. Here's Senior Pastor Sergio Lamone. I don't need an idol in his name. This is my arrival by the thin string. Jesus is king. Jesus is king. Open up a Bible in my listening. They say to be saved, but what does it mean? Jesus is king. Jesus is king. Are you guys ready for the word today? All right. We are starting a brand new series called The Gift of God, okay? The Gift of God. And I really want to take some time and break down this because, you see, one of the greatest things God has given us uh, is the gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ. And that's what we're going to break down a little bit today because I don't believe that the average Christian in America understands what the gospel is. In Western Christianity, uh, the gospel has been reduced to believe in Jesus Christ. He will forgive your sins and you will have eternal life. And guys, if that is all you think the gospel is, you are short selling the gift that God has given you. Okay, the gospel is like an iPhone, right? And just thinking that it's about forgiveness of sin and eternal life is like you just using the iPhone to make phone calls. How many know it does much more than that? Right? If you're, if you're over 50 or 60, well, maybe that's all it does for you. You know, that's all it does for my dad. He's 80, 88, you know, that's all it is. He stopped texting a couple years back. He doesn't even do that, okay? It is about phone calls for him. But see, the sad thing is there's so much more that the iPhone can do. The iPhone can tell you how to get from point A to point B. Remember what we used to do? Come on, Generation X or Generation Z. We used to have to bust out maps. I remember going to LA and having to bust that stop by AAA, which by the way, this was the AAA office back in the day. And I would have to come in here. And, ooh, I just had a flashback right there. Man, who'd have, who'd have thought where I used to come get my maps or find my direction, I'd be coming back and still finding my direction. Don't make me preach. I need the organ right now. <laughs> but, but I used to come and we used to get maps to go to LA or to go to San Francisco. Because, you know, we didn't, we didn't know those areas. So I had a map on my dashboard or, you know, later on when the Internet came, because I'm talking before the Internet. I know I'm dating myself. I'm an OG, an old guy. Amen. Uh, before the Internet came, that's what it is. Then the Internet came. Remember what we used to do? We used to go on Google Maps and print that joker out. Right. And we thought we was cool. Still, we thought, yeah, I got this. And then the phone came and now the phone, you just put it in there, put it on your phone, hold it, you can take you wherever you want to go. 
right? You can interact with people. You can text with people. You can, you can Google from your phone and find out information, uh, you know, all that kind of stuff that your phone can do. Well, the gospel is much the same way, but American Christianity has reduced it to just forgiveness of sins and going to heaven. And guys, we are doing the gift of God a disservice by, by that. And so what I want to do this month is really help you unwrap the gift that God is giving you because some of you are suffering because you're not taking advantage of the gift that the gospel is. Amen? And so I, want, I really want you to lean in in these services here because we're going to break it down what it is, okay? So the gift of God, the, the gift of the gospel. Well, most American Christians know that, you know, what we think the gospel, we think, well, that means the good news. It's the good news. It's the good news of Jesus Christ. But even that is an oversimplification of what that word really means. See, again, I told you when we were talking about the word apostle a few weeks ago that the term apostle is not a church name. It's not a religious term. It was actually a governmental term that people used before even Jesus came on the scene. It was whenever a, a, uh, a king or an emperor would conquer a territory, he would then send in apostles to go and teach the people how, what are the new laws of this new kingdom that has overtaken them. And so when Jesus came, he was so, he was, Jesus was so relevant. He was so in touch with the culture. He goes, let me use a term that's in the culture that they'll understand. And he said, these are my apostles. See, we've made an apostle somebody that has to wear a big old cross and a collar and, you know, makes it like, oh, like he's a bishop or something like that. And half of the people that call them apostles aren't even doing what apostles do. Oh, y'all didn't catch that. I said half of the people that use that title don't even operate as an apostle in the biblical and in the right sense because they don't understand really what it is. And in the same way, I believe that's the case for the term the gospel, because the gospel was not a biblical church term that Jesus came up with. It was actually something that existed before. Let me give you an example of that. When Alexander the Great conquered the known world, and did y'all know he was only 33 years old? Dang, if you're in your 30s, you better get to work. Come on. Man, what you doing? He conquered the world at 33. And here's what he did. Did you know when he conquered the known world, he would decree something and he would release to conquered nations the gospel of Alexander the Great. And it's like if you've ever seen in those movies where these guys, you know, ride into town and they go, hear ye, hear ye. And they bust out the scroll and they do one of these and they read this thing that comes straight from the king, that was called a gospel. So Alexander the Great had a gospel. Now, there's some great information about this. If those of you that are ARMA subscribers, uh, Pastor Manny does an amazing job in breaking some of this down. But let me just give it to you in a nutshell. So Alexander the Great had a gospel, right? He had a gospel, and everywhere he went, he understood this. I'm, I'm laying a foundation for where I'm going. He understood that, listen, we're conquering. We've conquered the world. But it is going to take too much 
to put an army in every city, in every nation, because we got to feed these fools. We got to take care of them. We got to do all this stuff. He said, we cannot rule like people ruled in the past by force. So here's what Alexander the Great said. We're going to rule through culture. We're going to rule through teaching people why they should submit to us. We're actually going to rule people and they're going to like it, which was a foreign, foreign way of thinking because most emperors, most kings ruled by force. And so what Alexander the Great does, he introduces the gospel and in his gospel, he introduces four pillars of his gospel. Is this too deep for y'all today? He introduces four pillars of his gospel. Number one is education. Education. And in every area, every city, every country, he puts these things called gymnasiums. Now, I know when we think gymnasiums, we think we're going to shoot some ball. You know, we're going to go over here. We're going to do this. But gymnasiums were a place of education. And this was a place to where he decrees in his gospel I am going to take care of you guys and we're going to educate you. The second thing he does to rule the people is he influences them through entertainment. And in every city, in every major area where people lived, they got a gymnasium where the kids could get educated, school. And they got a theater where they could be entertained. This is why when Jesus came, he used terms like hypocrite. Hypocrite basically means actor. See, he was talking to the culture. And so through these two pillars there, Alexander the Great begins to, uh, begins to rule because people like to be educated. People like to be entertained. The third thing he used was health care. He introduced health care to the world. And in, in, in the center that was called Nesclepticon, I'm probably butchering that up a little bit but basically it was a place where people can get health care does this sound familiar to you it should because this is what america has based much of our government on we're a democratic society we get this from the greeks so those three things and the last thing is this the last pillar of culture that alexander the great introduced was athletics this is america today guys these are the main things that our culture runs on is these four pillars. And guess what this was? The gospel of Alexander the Great. So then Rome comes and they conquer Greece and they take over the world. And now we have the Roman Empire. And guess what begins to happen now? The, somebody rides into town and they hear ye, hear ye. The gospel of Caesar Augustus. This is the gospel. And what is the gospel? The gospel begins to be, if you've studied in school, the Pax Romana. And what is the Pax Romana? It is that Rome is the protector of peace. And the gospel of Caesar Augustus was, why do we want to serve you? Well, because when you serve Caesar, Caesar keeps peace. Why was that important to the people? Because when nobody, here, here's what they put in the people's minds. If nobody rules, the warlords are going to rise up. Tribes are going to rise up. There's going to be war everywhere. And so the reason you need to subscribe to this gospel and submit to Caesar Augustus 
is because he'll keep peace all over the world. And he did. And so the people that were conquered after years of being under this, they didn't mind. Life got better. Wow, I remember before we were, before we were under Alexander the Great, man, we, nobody was educating my kids. That was my job. We didn't have no theaters. We had to put puppet shows on in the back for my kids, you know? And so they're thinking all these things, and they're going, wow, this gospel benefits me. Pax Romana comes. Caesar Augustus has a gospel. This gospel benefits me. Now, I want to I read you something from... Uh, from Galatians chapter 4, 4 and 5. Galatians chapter 4, 4 and 5. Just listen real closely. It says this. But when the fullness of time had come, God sent forth his son, born of a woman, born under the law to redeem those who were under the law that he might receive the adoption as sons. And so all this is going on in the world. Galatians says, now it's time for my gospel, the Father says. Now it's time to reveal who my king is and, who my, and what my kingdom is. Do y'all, do y'all see the difference when you understand the gospel is not a term somebody dreamt up in the Bible. It is a term that existed before. And when you understand that every king has a gospel... You now understand what makes the gospel of Jesus Christ a little more potent. Because if you think the gospel is just he died to forgive me of my sins and give me eternal life, then what did Jesus preach when he walked the earth? Because he hadn't died yet. He preached the gospel, the gospel of the kingdom. Now, this understanding also makes you understand this. This is why the world hated Christians. This is why they were killing Christians. Because what was happening is Jesus sends the believers into the world and says, spread my gospel. So they walk into a city and they say, hear ye, hear ye, the gospel of Jesus Christ. And the Romans are like, how dare you? We serve the gospel of Caesar Augustus. Well, there's a new gospel. Come on, somebody. Now, here's why this is important, right? Because the average Christian doesn't know what the pillars of the Christian, of the Jesus's gospel is. And this is why you come to church, you say a prayer, but you don't live the kingdom. And if you don't live the kingdom, you don't get the benefits of the kingdom. So even though you're a Christian, you always have financial problems. Always. You've always been broke. Your mama was broke. Your granny was broke. And you're going to be broke. It doesn't even matter. Some of you got good jobs and you're broke. You know what that is? You have not yet learned the gospel. How about sickness and disease? Now, we're all, you know, susceptible to sickness and disease. But some of you, grandma was sick all the time. Mama was sick all the time. And part of it was they didn't eat right. Come on, somebody. 
they were sick all the time because they was drinking, you know, crazy alcoholic beverages before bed every night. And, and they were eating tamales year round. Come on, Christmas is all right. But all that masa year round, uh-uh. And they was frying chicken, uh, you know, weekly and all that. So part of it is that. But part of it, see, grandma was always sick. Grandpa was always sick. Mom and dad were always sick. Trips to the, you know, trips to to go to uh, uh, the emergency room all the time. And you were raised with a sick mentality. And now, even though you're a Christian, you're still always sick. Could it be because you don't understand the kingdom you're living under? See, I'm trying to help you today. Tell your neighbor, he's being a good shepherd today. Go ahead, just tell him, just tell him. So, so this, this is a problem, right? So, so the, the word, the, this, this gospel thing comes with a king. And if you don't understand the purpose of it, and if you reduce it to simply forgiveness and eternal life, you're missing out. You're missing out. And I, I, I submit to you, I see this in the American church. Now, I, I get to travel. I've been to close to 50 different nations now. And I got, I got to tell you, there's so much what we, we can learn from the church worldwide. But because of consumerism and also because America gets a lot of its belief system from ancient Greece through Hellenism and these things, that, that we adopt some of their weaknesses as well. Okay? So understand this. A, the kings, all kings proclaimed a gospel message. It was the new way of life. And when Jesus came on the scene, he introduced a, a new way of life that completely clashed with the culture. The same way it should clash with American culture today. Like, if you serve Jesus, your life should look different. Come on. Amen? If you serve Jesus, you shouldn't date the same fools that people that don't know Jesus date. And can I just tell you something? Some of you do. Somebody said, I know I do, Pastor. Pray for me. No, no, I can't pray that out of you, but I could teach it out of you. I could teach it out of you, though. I could teach it out of you. See, one of the first things I learned when I got saved is I'm in a new kingdom. I got to do things different. Remember that commercial? I could have had a V8. <laughs> Google it. Google it, youngsters. You don't know. What's a V8? So, so this, this is what we've, we've got to grasp here, see? So I want you to write this down. This is what the gospel is in a nutshell. The gospel is the announcement that there is a king, he has a kingdom, and it has a culture. I'm going to say that again. The gospel is the announcement that there is a king, Jesus. He has a kingdom and it has a culture. So important that you realize that. This is why when I got born again, right, the dominant culture in my life stopped being Mexican. Ooh, I lost some of you right there. The dominant culture in your life, before my life, before I got saved, my mom and dad were from Mexico. So a lot of our household was, had those values, those cultural things. Some of y'all too, amen? Come on, do we need to talk about Mexican culture? 
Some of it's very toxic. Some of the other folks, oh, is it? Don't, don't give us that. Don't give us that because your culture is toxic too. There's a lot of toxicity in African-American culture. There's some toxicity in mom culture. I was wondering if I was going to get some amens right there. I don't know. There's toxicity in every, in every culture. Here's one for you. There's toxicity in Caucasian culture. She said, there is? What? What? We'll get you there. We'll get you there. No, there, there, there just is, right? There, there's all of that in there. But here's the problem with Christians. We get, quote unquote, saved. Jesus Christ is my Lord, but we adopt none of his ways. We just go to church every week. Here's the scary thing, guys. You've missed the gospel. You've subscribed to a belief system that will continue to allow you to live like you want to live. And that is not the gospel. You've bought into a belief system that says, I could serve Jesus and do what I want to do. Date who I want to date. Give or not give. And that's why your life will stay jacked up. Because you don't understand the gift that God has given you. Do I have your attention today? Okay, so let's keep going. It is not just that your sins are forgiven. It's the announcement that King Jesus, here it is, is the rightful ruler of the universe. Not you. Not your culture. Not money. Come on, not the bag. Not your sexual preference. Not your desires. He's the king. So everything under that has to bow to him. That's the gospel. Because he is king. Listen to this. There is a kingdom that should give you a perspective and a worldview. This is what's missing in America today. A a biblical worldview. I got to help you today. Can I hurt you to help you? This is why it troubles me when there are Christians that are still pro-abortion. Troubles me. It troubles me. Because I'm going, wait a minute. The gospel of the kingdom is thou shall not kill. Period. Yeah, but what about this, that, and the other? Hey, I get it. I get it. It's not, it's messy. It's not clear cutting. Well, what about if they were raped and all this other stuff and blah, blah, blah. But I know the kingdom says we are not to kill the innocent. But see, we got Christians who are like, so what? Well, what about this? Because they have not subscribed to the kingdom perspective and kingdom worldview. It's the same way when singles, come on, singles, look at me. Singles go, pastor, it's 2023. Come on, all this save yourself for marriage. Come on, that's old. That, that, come on, that, they wrote that in the 15, huh? you know, B.C. They wrote that so long ago. It's different now. It's different now. No, it's not different now. When you understand kingdom perspective and kingdom worldview. 
But we got a lot of Christians that think you can just tip and tap and come to church and be like, hey, and tip and tap. And they say, you want to go to roll over in the morning? You want to go to church today? Yeah, let's go. I'm, I'm preaching, Sky, right? I'm preaching. This exists. It exists. Just look straight ahead and nobody will know I am talking to you. This exists because people don't understand the kingdom. And here's the problem. If you don't understand the kingdom, you don't get the benefits. There is a benefit to doing things the kingdom way. There's a benefit to waiting till you're married to sleep with somebody. And those that follow that premise will eat the fruit of it either way. And when your marriage has got toxicity all up in it, it's probably because you didn't do it the kingdom way. And that premise will follow you all through life. You can raise your kids your way. Where nobody ever gets a spanking. Ever. And we give baby whatever he wants when he cries. Or you can do it the kingdom way. Pastor, is there a kingdom way to raise kids? Absolutely. It's called correction. It's called discipline. The Bible is full of it. The Bible teaches us that correction is love. When our kids used to act up, my wife would just go, oh, you need some love right now, don't you? Let's go to the bathroom. And we had a little spoon that we would use that I would purchase when I would travel. No joke. When I would travel, I would go to different countries and I'd go through their marketplaces and I would buy these wooden spoons. And I would bring them home. Now, now we weren't beating them in the back of the head with them. But when, you know, when they would get out of hand, they would get to go in with, you know, in the bedroom and we would smack them with that spoon on the backside where you're supposed to. Not in the face, not in anywhere else, just right there. And that taught them how to act right. Pastor, that's cruel. No, that's the kingdom way. Well, I don't know about this kingdom because you haven't met the king. See, when you meet the king, you go, he is so good. There's something to this gospel I should follow. Amen. Is this helping anybody? So since getting saved, everything I did changed to a kingdom way. And as your shepherd, as your pastor, I'm just trying to introduce that to you. Because the only way I married a, a woman like Tina is because I chose to do the process the kingdom way. Which meant I had to live holy. I had to become a man of God before God would give me a woman of God. See, some of you just want a man. No, desire a man of God. But I'll just tell you this. Men of God, real men of God, don't go with women. We're looking for women of God. I'm going to let that sink in a little bit. Amen? Amen? And we can tell if you're a woman of God today by your Instagram. When a man of God is scrolling and something catches his attention, oh, she's, she's, she's fine. Let me see what else is going on there. And there's provocative pictures. 
That man of God goes, ah, dang, I thought she was a real one. Because people that don't know the gospel of the kingdom, you know what they'll do? They'll put a provocative picture and their next post is a scripture. And their next post is, do you know what God did to me? He blessed me today and he did. I wish you nothing but the best. Four squares down, there's a booty pick. Or a cleavage post. That's not the kingdom, Sky. It's not the kingdom. Tell your neighbor, he's helping us today. He's helping us. So understand this. So an altar call, right? When we do altar calls and we give people the opportunity, if we don't present this correctly, they think they're just coming down to get forgiveness of sins. But what you're coming to an altar to confess is Jesus is king. So therefore, I submit to the king. And the gospel is his word. Okay, you're a Christian now. Follow this book. Follow this book. And that book is going to confront things in your life. It's going to confront things mama taught you. It's going to confront things that daddy showed you. It's going to confront your culture. And you have a decision to make. Whose king do you serve? And it affects every area of life. You know, I remember when Selena was, maybe she may have been six years old, and we got her into folklorico dancing. The people in our church, you know, the Cobb family and everything. Uh, and, and they were have they had a, 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 a place that they were teaching folklorico dancing. And Selena wanted to go do it. We're like, yeah, go do it. And she's learning the dances. But did you know when they got to them Aztec dances, I had a decision to make. When they got that Aztec dancing out there and they started burning the incense, I grabbed Selena. Oh, no, we don't we don't do that. Got real quiet in here. All the Mexicans like, but that is the ancestors. But I serve a new king. And the kingdom way is there shall be no other gods before him. And so these Aztec dances were worship to their gods. But we ain't doing that part. So I just told the instructor, hey, she's only going to do the folklorical stuff, the ballet stuff. She'll do that. But she, don't be putting no corn nuts around her ankles. And some of y'all know what I'm talking about. Acorns, acorns around that. She, she ain't doing all that. Keep the feathers over there. Don't bring that incense by us. It's the truth. It's the truth. And you know what? Some people, I'm sure, looked at us like we were snobby. Or they say, oh, they ain't real Mexican. Yeah, you're right. You know why? Because I'm first a Christian before I'm anything else. And I'm trying to get disciples. Yeah. I'm trying to produce disciples in the room that will be Christian before you're white, before you're black, before you're brown, before you're Hmong, before you're Vietnamese, before you're Samoan, whatever you are. Did I leave anybody out before you're Russian? Before you're Thailand, whatever, okay. 
Hmong, whatever, Italian, for your Peruvian. I got I to put you in there. Now, here's the thing. Nothing wrong with being that. Embrace who you are, but we submit it to the king. I'll never be ashamed to be Mexican. Orale. But I'll never be proud to be either. I got no amens on that one. I, don't let no one put you down because you're brown. Amen. All right. Or whatever you are, right? So we, we embrace who we are, but we submit it to the king. Now, can I give you some scripture? Ephesians chapter 2, verse 8. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 8. God saved you by his grace when you believed. And you can't take credit for this. Now, here it is. This is the basis for this whole series. It is a gift from God. The gospel is a gift. We don't earn it. My prayer is all of the volunteers that came to Team Night understand you, your service to God doesn't do anything to save you. I hope you don't think I'm a good Christian man because I do this and I'm on the worship team and I'm an usher and I'm that. No, 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 please, please. You're missing it. That is not why we serve God. That is not why we sign up to help kids in the children's ministry, nursery, whatever. Our service to God is not about salvation or righteousness. It's a proper response to a free gift. You ever have somebody bless you to the degree where you're just like, what, you're giving me this? Dude, what, man, there's got to be something I could do for you. Anybody ever had that feeling? Well, here's a good one, right? You get a Christmas gift from somebody and you're like, it's a good one too. And you're like, dang, I didn't get you nothing. Oh my gosh. And so you start going, I didn't bring yours today. I'll get it though. And I'll give you yours later. You know what that is? That's you proper. It's a liar. Some say that's a lie. It is a lie. It is a lie. But the root of that is you understand there must be a proper response to grace, to a gift. And so because God has been so good to me, man, I'll usher once a month. I'll sing on the worship team. I'll get back there with other people's kids and help keep order, teach them. Man, what, you, you, what can I do? That's the proper response to a gift. Because unless you're just super hard-hearted, nobody just gets a gift and goes, oh, cool, peace out, thanks, man. Nobody does that unless you're hard-hearted. Because some of you are going, no, I know some folks that have done that. And guess what? I know some folks that do that to God every Sunday. I got the word. Are you going to serve? Nope. You going to tithe? Nope. Did you give into the uh, offering for the outreach? Nope. But I sure did enjoy that message. And boy, Sky and the team was bringing it today. 
George is killing it on them keys. Man, that was great worship. But you, no, there's no response to this thing. Jesus forgive you of your sins. He sure did. Do you want to get involved with our church? Nope. I ain't got time for that. See, it's the same. It's the same thing when you make Christianity about you and not understand this gift from God is so special. And see, that's the problem. We don't understand the gift. And so we don't have a proper response to it. We don't understand the gift that the gospel is. And in the weeks to come, that's what I'm going to break down to you. And my, my prayer is this, that you will see the grandness of what God did for you so that you will have a proper response. Because it's the proper response to the gospel that brings heaven into your life. And the majority of Christians in America have a terrible response to the gospel. And it's because they don't understand it. Their response to the gospel is basically, okay, cool, Jesus, your Lord, I'll go to church. And we come to church empty-handed with no praise, can't wait to get out of here. This thing better be over in an hour and a half. I'm, I ain't coming back. And we put pressure on pastors everywhere to finish. Some churches get done in an hour. Somebody said, where's that church at? Where's that church at? I heard you. I heard you over here. See, that's because they want a quick thing because they don't want to give anything to their God. And, I, and, and my response to somebody that thinks like that is, you don't understand what God has given you. You don't. Because if you did, if you did, you would do what I did at 19 years old. I laid my career. I laid down my money. I laid down my girlfriend. I laid down my family. And I said, God, I don't have much. But here's what I have. It's yours. What do you want me to do with my life? That is the proper response. Now, for me, he called me into ministry. That doesn't mean he's going to do that to you. He might say, you know what? I want you to build this business and serve your church. You know what? I want you to do this or that thing. I want you to go get your education. I want you, to, you know, it could be a ton of things. But here's the thing. Do you even know if what you're doing is God's will for your life? Or have you just said, here's my life, God, bless it. And some of us are running races you weren't even meant to run. And you want to know why? Because you didn't fully understand the gospel. Now, others of us, without that understanding, you can go ahead, George. Without that understanding, others of us are running the race without fulfillment. And like I said, nothing changes in your life. Your marriage is still bad. Your, the trauma in your life still runs it. You know, when you understand the, the gospel of the kingdom, you understand that God, Jesus, is king over everything. That means he's king over sickness, disease, cancer. He's king over trauma. Did he not say, be transformed by the renewing of your mind? Did he not say, stop looking back, but look ahead 
Did he not, does he not speak in the word of God? That as a disciple, there is, you cannot be a disciple looking back. Yeah, that's all some of us do is look back and blame our mom, blame our dad. Blame this person, blame that person. The gospel of the kingdom is this. Jesus is king over everything. King over your pain, king over your trauma, king over sickness, disease, poverty. But in order to access that, you got to start thinking like the kingdom. Well, I hope you've been encouraged by the word of God. And if you have, go ahead and subscribe to our podcast or download our free app at the App Store and you can continue to get word every week from Elevate Life Church.